everybody, welcome to episode 8 of the Profitable Architect Online Weekly Podcast. My name is Sarah Colata and I'm an architect and a digital transformation specialist. I am fed up with the fact that architects globally are undervalued, underappreciated and struggle to make enough for their living. This community is for students, young practitioners, academics, firm owners and senior architects who are looking to raise their value by leveraging the tools of digital transformation. In this episode, I will talk about your ideal customer and how you attract them to your business. I was already running my architecture practice for four and a half years. It was hard work because I wasn't making much money from my projects as it is. Sponsors would send five to $10,000 per project, most of which obviously covered building materials and label. So after paying the designers, builders and construction costs, what do you think really was fair for me to keep? In a real life scenario, clients expect to pay architects around seven to 10% of the construction costs from their projects. So before you laugh out loud, yeah, let's better not do the math. Of course, I explained everything to myself that it's a humanitarian charity and I'm in my 20s and obviously I'm learning loads. But then private projects came. Senior Americans moving to Guatemala for a cheap tropical retirement dream. 25,000 for land, maybe another that for construction. Again, not a whole lot of money for my year or year and a half of design build work. But as I was young and thought of that time as an investment in my future, I was taking on all these projects. Yes, they were projects that paid more and there was definitely a huge opportunity there. However, a lot of them were not completely the types of work that I wanted to work on. My heart was in earth and bamboo. I wanted to build natural projects. And a lot of those projects that paid more were all concrete and still construction. So again, not an ideal scenario for me. And a lot of times I took it on telling myself just this last time. The real problem usually developed a little later. Many of these clients didn't pay on time, owing me money for months, sometimes close to a year, and some never paid. I didn't know what to do or where to look for reasons for this or solutions. I used to think that it was their fault and that it was them who should change, blaming them for my situation. But it was me who always agreed to work with them. So after all, with all honesty, I was also a little responsible. All of this until a moment when I exhausted myself completely fighting for peanuts and I realized that it must be me who attracts these type of clients. After all, there were bigger developments in the area, so how come I'm landing all these projects that just deepened my financial misery? I began to study personal development and slowly shifted my priorities and my understanding of personal value. Thanks to this, I began to establish better relationships with people and with that, attract higher quality clients to work with. Since then, and it has been quite a few years and my business has pivoted, but the lessons I learned has really never left me. Having gone through all of this, I find it easier to relate to most of my clients who seem to share the exact same story today. No, I'm not embarrassed to share these stories with you because I know for a fact that there is many architects out there who just like me then are ready to serve just about anyone who comes through the door and asks for projects. Believing that this just next project or next client will be the thing to accelerate their career for a better future. This might come as a surprise to you, but not everyone is your ideal customer. We often don't realize how important it is to define the characteristics of who it is that we actually want to work with. I spoke to you a few episodes back about the idea of yourself, who you are and what you represent and what your passion is, your interests, your skills and expertise, and how very important it is to indeed 
tap into this unique flavor that you are and use it to move your business forward. The same applies to your customers. Just like in life, we don't all like each other. It is impossible to like everyone and impossible to be liked by everyone. Even though some people manage this very well, trust me, we all have enemies and prejudices. So what you want to do is define who it is that you would ideally like to work with. One way to do this and the best place to start is looking into your current customer list and really think about the characteristics of the people you worked with so far. I am sure that if you were to go back and think of all the different experiences you had working with people, you can easily separate what you like from what you don't like. The paradox of preference is that it's easier for us to remember bad experiences and bring up negative memories. So maybe why not start there? Think of your most horrible customer. Who was that person? What were they like? How did they behave? What was their attitude like? How did they treat you? Were they patient with you, respectful, kind? How did they manage their time in respect to you? Were they accepting of your ideas or perhaps was it really hard for them to embrace your creativity? What was the level of trust that they gave you? How much freedom did you actually have? How did they communicate on the project? Did they call you at a respectable time or have they been angry texting you at midnight? Were you trusted with the budget or did you have to call them and explain every material and detail choice you made? What was your relationship like towards the end of the project? Were they quick to make decisions or were they taking their time? Were they generous with you or were they stingy? Did they understand your role on the project or did they overlook you as a drafter? You should really sit down and think about it, preferably even write it down. The deeper you go and analyze this topic, the more you can get out of it as a result. Now that you have all that, you want to think of good experiences. This you can create from past good customer working relationships or even looking at what you just written and juxtaposition to what you just created. Create the opposite of your bad customer experiences. Ideally, a clear vision should be formed as to who is it really that you want to work with. Think about your ideal customer's economic status. Can they afford you? Can you grow with them? Can you grow your business servicing only this kind of clients? Be brutally honest with yourself. It is really important. Oftentimes we have a tendency of obsessing about an idea to the point where we really frigid to changes. But put your needs and desires above your business idea. The clients who you work with have a direct influence on the quality of the time you spend working, which is after all a huge chunk of your life. Think of that as you decide on what matters to you. Think of how quickly your customers pay you. How willingly are they to reward your hard work, how they work with you and how they express it when they value you. If you do this right and put your heart into it, you will sit in front of a perfect page filled with ideas about your ideal customer profile. Grant Cardone says, think of the people who have your money. Think of those who have the money to pay for your services and then think of the value to give them in return. I really like that. Now let's put a name and a face to it and personalize them a little bit. It will help you to turn them into human beings a customer avatar that resembles a human in all its human glory, shall we? What sort of job would they have? Do they do sports? What do they read? What do they do in their spare time? 
Are they active community members or loners? Understanding your client well and having clarity as to who that person is and how exactly you want to work with them is the number one most important thing you want to ask yourself. You might think that only big firms can afford to create their perfect buyer personas, but it is not so. A buyer persona is not an expensive thing to create for your business. It has the potential, however, to significantly influence the way you sell and by all means, your income. You might also think that since your business is local and you don't have to attract people from the outside of your district, you don't need an ideal customer profile. Again, that's a very wrong assumption. Truth is, if you are local, small, or mind your budget, you simply cannot afford not to know your ideal customer profile. Now, if I manage to convince you to invest your time into creating your ideal customer profile, let's keep going because you're not done yet. You might have an idea as to who you ideally want to work with, but so far you only determine the qualities you're looking for in that person. These qualities will help you answer these further questions, which are now designed to help you better understand who that person is and more importantly, where can you actually find them? Because this is the number one most challenging part of this exercise. Usually my clients describe their ideal clients pretty quickly, but what they really struggle with is knowing where these people actually are. Because once you know your expertise and have a product to sell, what you want to know is how to sell it and who to sell it to, and most importantly, where to go to meet your potential buyers. In the digital realm, just like in the real life situations, people congregate, they group, they come together depending on their interests, on their common problems, values, similar beliefs, ideas, and things like that. These seemingly unimportant groups coming together in various corners of the internet make it possible for people like you and me to get into business quickly and be successful at it, avoiding all the barriers and hurdles of traditional media. Prior to the internet, it was hard for people around the world to come together. First and foremost, we were limited by location, then our ability to communicate in one language, but now these are not problems anymore. When I was a kid, I used to play chess with my grandpa, and when I went to school, I used to stay behind my classes to play chess with a small group of kids. I am sure that there were groups like this across the country, or maybe even the whole world, that gathered to play chess at the same time. From a marketing perspective, if you were to tackle these groups physically, it would be super hard or even impossible. But online, there are huge international forums of chess players. People from all over the world join Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, organize events and congregate in one place and are even selected by levels and years of experience. The database you can tap into online is really remarkable and all you have to do is know what you're looking for. And this exactly is what I want you to focus on next. What is the number one thing that brings your customers to you in the first place? What needs do they have? This is really interesting because what it does, it opens up a potential journey which your customer has to go through as they solve the initial problem and take all the steps necessary on the journey of their decision making from the point of hiring you to project realization. All you have to do is to understand what their problem really, really is. Now, once you understand the problem, you want to identify only this group of customers who fit your ideal customer profile. Which group of people with this problem share the qualities of your ideal customer profile? And then ask yourself, 
Which group would be the most prone to buy from you? Is it people who strongly resonate with your vision? Maybe people who are in the most pressing situation and seek a fast solution. Maybe it's people who already went to other architects and received a bad service so they're looking for a better experience. Maybe it's someone who recently had a major life change which is now deciding for them to upgrade on their living situation. For example, newlywed couples who are looking for their first home or retired singles who are looking to downgrade or real estate investors looking to flip houses for a quick profit. Maybe you want to build houses for a wealthy part of town where your clients would be lawyers, doctors and finance people. Or maybe you want to work only with other businesses, governments or institutions. One way or another, whether behind a single home buying decision or a big city development, all of them are people and you want to understand them better. Think of groups that would be most responsive to your company vision and values and who could bring the most growth to your business. Check how often your group might need this kind of service provided or what is the likability of project of that sort being built locally or nationally just to know if the sector you want to serve holds growth potential. And just before you forget, always make sure that your group has the money. There is no point to create a commercial product which is not going to bring you an income because people won't pay for it the price that it deserves. What can help you truly understand your ideal customer is answering questions around these eight key points, creating their profile and answering questions around their profile, understanding their pain, understanding the fear they might be holding onto as they come into the project with you, understanding their objections towards sale, so what could stop them from actually buying from you, understanding their success idea, what it means for them to succeed, understanding their failures and knowing what digital platforms they use so that you can actually identify where to find them. And finally, knowing well what is the exact transformation, experiential solution that they seek as they come to work with you. What you want to do is always describe your ideal customer profile in singular terms. Don't refer to him or her as a group. Think of one person at a time because if there is a very specific distinction in some of your answers above, each difference will create another variation of that persona. So for example, a male and a female by all means will have different interests, goals, desires, wants and needs and so on. All of this becomes extremely relevant in your awareness step from the five digital transformation steps towards building a strong brand identity, which we discussed at the last episode. The awareness step is where all your business communications take place. It's about your social media and about your advertising. It's about your strategy around client acquisition and many other things which are extremely important as you move from communicating with people to speaking to one type of client a client which is the person who you consciously want to attract to your business. Any form of communication, whether verbal or visual, will only be successful if your clients see themselves in it. To create hyped, targeted messages, you have to know your target market inside and out. Successful businesses get inside of their customers' minds and try to know what is it that this customer really cares about, what questions do they need answered to really understand their desires, pains and passions. You want to go way beyond typical demographics when asking yourself who is your ideal 
target audience. If you're an architect, it is crucial that you include your personal brand and highlight your expertise as it's a specialized piece of knowledge that your clients truly rely on. So the knowledge of your ideal customer and clarity around who you are as an expert are two crucial factors which will help you weave a perfect image of your brand and your sophisticated communication strategy. This is why after we covered the topic of your ideal clients and ways to attract them, we will go back to the topic of who you are as an expert and give you some useful tips and pointers as to how you can begin to create yourself into an attractive character, clearly communicating your expertise for best client attraction results. My vision is to empower an expert economy within architecture, where uniqueness is celebrated above rewarding hard work with meaningless diplomas for the better good of an individual, but also a greater collective. If you're interested in talking to me directly, drop me a private message via LinkedIn. Let's get on a call. I would love to get to know you better and hear about your blogs and help you navigate through them for a more compelling future. Stay tuned as I share my journey, my research, my observations, experiences, and wisdom here through my weekly Friday podcast and in all other social media channels. If you like this episode, click subscribe to be notified of the next episode coming out. Follow me on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram under my name, Sarah Colata. Share this podcast with anyone you can think of that can find this valuable. Thank you and see you in the next show.